Hi, and welcome back to the Life in Bomb City podcast. I'm Aaron Favor. And I'm Dr. Beth Rodriguez. And we are here recording live in the Panhandle PBS FM 90 studios here on the Amarillo College campus. <clears throat> Always invading their space. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only way we, to do it. Today we have a donut and a wonderful guest with us. Exactly, yes. We have Maurice Jackson, or Officer Maurice Jackson. Yes, from the yes. uh, who works here on campus, mm-hmm. and we just kind of wanted to bring um, uh, Officer Jackson on and visit with you. Yeah, he's I, got such a great story. I don't know about that, but I did catch the intro where you mentioned donuts and cops. I'm like, okay, <laughs> oh, okay. wait a minute, I, I see it's going to be that funny. I know. I'm like, okay, it's going to be one of those type of podcasts. <laughs> I didn't even think about that. No, actually. you can. I'm just. And I, I just love donuts. It's hilarious because, <laughs> truthfully, after yeah. I got, it, I was like, and we're having a cop on. I was like, that is hilarious. Yeah, I'm like, and, and, I was and like, plus, that's... you brought in a you know a case of donuts. I'm like, well, <laughs> I got to tell you something though. Whenever the day that you've told us that we were, you were going to come on here, yeah. Hey, look what I got in the mail. I got this in the mail. I wanted it to be uh, like, you know, a real reaction. I got this in the mail. Yes. There's a story behind J&M, Johnston's Murphy, yes. What yeah. is it? So, I want to know. Oh, my God. I didn't know that Maurice and I are both Johnson & Murphy fans. Okay. You know, and both of us wear um, <laughs> Johnson & Murphy shoes, yes. uh, dress yes. shoes. They're yes. really good stuff. And my, anyway. s- my son, he's right now, I turned him on to J&M about three years ago. And he's, I wear a size nine. He's about eight, eight and a half. And he's like, hey, Bob's man, let me... Let me wear one of your shoes. I'm like, you've got to be of a certain. Not really, it's not an age factor, but it's more of a. It's more of a. It's more of a lifestyle. You've got <laughs> to kind of ease into it. There yeah. you yeah. go. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, there. I mean, some of the shoes and clothes are amazing. Okay. Yeah, you gotta, yeah. Your sons would love it. Okay. I guarantee. You. Well, I don't. If I probably don't want them to do it then. But they're not that expensive. Okay, good. Quality is, you know, quality marks up. Yeah, that's true. Amazing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The better if you pay, you get what you pay for it, right? That's what, it's the truth. And plus they also have, you know, as you can tell, they have I know, I just saw that. Yes. Yeah, they've got all kinds of stuff. They've got an outlet store in uh, Oklahoma City. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. where I try to get all of my all of my stuff, just for the simple fact that you know saving that extra fifty dollars, yeah, <laughs> does matter. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, so I want to kind of, I just want to kind of talk about who you are, where you came from, um, you know, because I know that you're. Are you originally from here? No. Okay, and where are you originally from? Well, my dad was from Haiti, and my mom, of course, was an American. I'm originally from Los Angeles, California. Okay, and how did you end up in Amarillo from well, L.A.? my cousin, <clears throat> rest his, God rest his soul, he attended WT back in the day, was a football player. And we all had, well, we all knew he was going to go pro. But some kind of way between him going pro, he had some type of, I want to say it wasn't a bad deal, but it was a strange environment with church people in mm. some kind of way he started singing he started playing drums he started getting to the word of god and god just really i seen god pretty much, pretty much just change formed his life so he became a pastor okay. of a church <laughs> and he was like hey cuz man if you come out man and be my ministry of music blah 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 we can do this we can change i'm like man but cuz we had aspiration if you go and pull because <laughs> we love to fish 
And so that didn't work out, but never, I mean, needless to say, was the best decisions of my life to move to Texas and be in the Ministry of Music. And I mean, God has just transformed my life to different plateaus. And I am so thankful that he can use someone like me to go out there and, 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 and help his people and serve the world, yeah, because I love to serve. Yeah. That's becoming a police officer. Yeah. <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Like, yeah. that's a that's a great story. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, the dream of foot, pro football. I mean, yeah, of course, yeah. who doesn't want to? Yeah, yeah. And then it's like, you know what? That's not really what you're going to do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> things I, are going to change, and things are yeah. changing. Somebody once said, if you want to make God laugh, just tell him what your plans are. Yeah. Right. So, I'm like... Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, we want to, and, you know, we just want to just play music and just fish and just have fun. Right. And uh, it's just everything just, just transformed that and stuff. And some 50 years later, here I am. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, that's yeah. a really great story. I relate to that a lot. And I think uh, I think that a, lot, that a lot of people do, specifically the, the mm-hmm. idea that, you know, we're not in control of things. Cal- um, you know, uh, Beth and I were talking about... Um, uh, a couple of episodes ago, coming back from the pandemic, mm-hmm. it seemed it seemed like you know when we were locked down and we were and they kept staying locked down and then we were just extending it and extending it and extending it. Yes, and we were gonna science. We were just gonna science everything out. Mm. You know, it's kind of like if we could just science it. You know, no, I mean it's not really about the science. It's about kind of letting go in a I way. Agree. I agree. The fact that you know there's and I and I have deep respect for science, and I love science. Well, of course, um, yeah. and I believe that we should continue doing that mm-hmm. alongside, though, living with the courage and the uh, and the you know the fortitude that yes. we were we were made to live mm-hmm. life, mm-hmm. and that our our species has historically mm-hmm. led. Um, and you know, I always thought about my grandparents. Mm-hmm. You know, like the amount of I mean, we. I think we talked about the World War Two generation during that yeah, one. You know, the, the World Man. War One. These guys. I mean, <laughs> these serious. these folks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love yeah we it. we go. Sometimes we go. Yeah, uh, we really have deep. huge rabbit holes that will go down. Yeah. But <laughs> anyway, I I do think that that there's a lot to what you're saying, yes. and to unpack it would be worthy of a whole other po- podcast. Ooh, I like that. If you had ever come back on, I like that. Uh, but it would be uh, that's that's something that that I think a lot of people relate to um, that, you know, just kind of letting go of their own, not their own plans. It's not that that's not important, right? but working, working in and letting God take over. Or right. It's just taking advantage of the opportunities that yes, are given ma'am. to you. And when you've got a great opportunity, mm-hmm. it's like, jump on it and see what happens. Exactly. I know for me, it was mm-hmm. like, uh, during the whole pandemic, <coughs> excuse me, we, we, I said, we all have plans and goals and, of course, mortgages and kids and stuff like that. But to really go through the pandemic and, and come out on the other side and not be affected by that in some way, shape, or fashion, to me, was it was amazing because not only that I was, we all were, of course, locked down, mm-hmm. but I was able to really figure out who I was and what I wanted and just what my plans are. I mean, people think just because, okay, I have plans and I have plans, I'm getting older, I got this, I got that. <laughs> they get so, just so wound up with I've got to do, I got, I got, I got, I got. And they realize that if, if they would just, just breathe, just breathe. Right. And give, and, and, and really just figure out who they are in their ministry 
find their passion. Mm-hmm. And that's the key. A lot of people go through life and they can't find their passion. Mm-hmm. And I guarantee you, once you lock into it, once you find your passion, things will be a lot more clear. Okay. You see you see things what they're It is. Are. It's a it's yeah. you start to look at what's priority to you. And when you find that priority and you really do, you know, get on the line and go for that, mm-hmm. that's it makes everything so much easier. Yes. Um, I try to talk about that in my class, actually, because mm-hmm. we have students who are like, oh, I have to. I ha-. I'm like, the truth is, is you don't have to. That's right. There's a difference between having to do something yes, and wanting to. That's right. And as soon as you find something you want to do, God, it's so much easier. I know. And that's what I mean. I keep and constantly, and I'm like, that's what you really need to do. Instead of being stressed out constantly, find out what you want. Yes, you're right, Dr. Beth. You're right. And then figure that out. That's where you go. And it's easy. Okay, so the cop. How'd you become a cop? He's a cop, too. (laughs) I know that we. He's. Wait, first, before we move on, what do you. So you're in. You said you. Do you play music? Yes, I've been playing drums for about drums. Okay, for about thirty years. Okay, I'm an old drummer. Back in the day, we called them percussionist. Yes. Yeah. Okay. I began my career once again with my with my cousin Big Mike. He would always bring drum stuff home from high school, and he would put them up someplace, and I would always find them. And he trombones, baritone. I played trombone. Everything he brought home. I would have, I would just go at it. I mean, he, as soon as he would leave the door, I would have hangers, <laughs> just beating on drums. Yeah. He'd come back and he'd bring on trombone. I would get to slide and stuff and just start making noise. So everything that my cousin brought home from school, I would, I would get into stuff. And I actually taught myself drums, which is all about habits. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? After I got a little older and stuff, of course, I, you know, got into, you know, school and, you know, the drum rudiments mm-hmm. and stuff, the paradiddles, you know, double paradiddles, pharmacues, stuff like that. And I began to practice my craft. And that's when I fell into love of beats. I mean, I can, you know, even now when I train younger officers and I do, I, I, I turn on the turn signal and it makes, and I would begin to make a sound, you know, with, with the, and they were like, what are you doing, you know? And sometimes I was very first became a police officer just way back in uh, Carson, California. I was a de- deputy sheriff. I mean, I was green as green. I was a greenhorn. There's <laughs> some stories about that, I can tell you. And uh, I, they would always get upset with me because I'm always tapping on the steering wheel. And some people, of course, my all my FTOs was a little bit older. And like, if you would just stop beating on something, <laughs> you'd be okay. I'm like, oh my God. So yeah, but that's how I got into, into, okay. into, into, into music. Sue him yet? Well, you know, Aaron was in a band. Did you know that? No, yeah. but we've we've talked we talked about you know trying to get together an AC bad bad badger band. That's right. <laughs> yeah, we could be called the Bad Badgers. <laughs> oh my gosh, you totally should. I don't play anything. You know what? I'll tell you. In yeah. elementary school, I did play the stand up bass. Whoa. Mm-hmm. That with was, the, with the, the big one. The do, 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 could you actually really? Yes. Could you hop on to the top of the, of the bass player? <laughs> Pretty much. I mean, I was little. You, like, yeah. I was smaller than her, and I had that. And Aww. I would have to carry it home. That's and cool. But I was, my um, music instructor was like, you should continue this. Like, you're really, and I was like, oh. Uh, yeah, and I do. I love music, and I would love mm-hmm. to play, but I... <laughs> <laughs> There's a lot of stuff that I'd love to do, and I just have priorities and do yeah. other things. Mm-hmm. So That's you guys should. I think that would be amazing. That'd be a lot of fun. Well, there's a couple of people here that, that we have playing together at different venues here in the city. Really? Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, something yeah. that 
something that you said about percussion, mm-hmm. you know, we have, I think that, I think that band members to some extent, you know, just like you would be on a good baseball team or mm-hmm. any kind of sport activity or, um, I suppose working at a, working at a church or, you know, in our department, mm-hmm. um, you know, there's certain things that just click with people mm-hmm. with certain types of people. Yes, sir. And it's about personality. And when you know it's not working with with one person, mm-hmm. you know it's time to find another person to fill those shoes. That's okay. That mm-hmm. can work. Yeah, there's nothing wrong with it. Right. It's not at all. It's uh it's it's something that kind of has to happen for the music right to do what it's supposed to do. Mm-hmm. You know, we were talking about the uh the specifically the letting go of certain things. And, and not forcing it mm. when it's not there, mm-hmm. you know. And if it if it is there, that's great. But if it's not, you can't force it. Yeah, you know, music is like that to me. And whenever and I I've found a lot of folks in the music industry mm-hmm. uh, in in the business to to say, you know, that's exactly what we go for. Some of the most yes, some people you just never would in a million years find yourself having chemistry with exactly on in a in a band or on on a stage is where it sometimes mm-hmm. actually comes to life because you realize oh wow okay this yeah. person isn't just about you know practicing and right. getting this stuff in maybe there's something more here mm-hmm. and that adds a level of value that that makes them uh, an unreplaceable part agree. of the band and and so Anyway, I, I say that because we, you know, we, we utilize that skill throughout our entire life. Yes. yes. Right? I mean, <laughs> I guess whenever, whenever I was hired on at Emerald College, and, mm-hmm. and we find this in our classes as well, you know, as classroom teachers. Yeah. You know, we, we look around the room, and it's not just about people that we relate to or people that we want to visit with or hang out with or, um, or uh, what's, the, what's the right word, uh, Beth? Um, that contribute oh, awesome. to the conversation, yeah. Uh, yeah. and uh, big contributors. Uh, th- those types of people that get what you're laying down, yes, yes, and and trying to figure out how to make that band play exactly um, to the to the very brightest extent possible yeah. um, is 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 always not not just fun but a challenge. And that's why I like playing drums so much because we have a, of course, you can relate to this. We have a, uh, it's a term called staying in the pocket. And at the drummer, you know, sometimes you have all these drum cymbals, you know, machines and stuff and synthetic machines, of course. And you want to do everything at the same time. And it kind of throws the whole rhythm of the, of the, of the, of the groove off. So you look back and somebody will say, hey, just stay in the pocket. Yeah. And that's what. I love about playing drums is that even even today, it's hard trying to find a church or an organization to connect with because not in, not in, a, not in a bad way, Doctor Beth, but they want to play. They want to pay you for, for to play. And one thing I never do, I never ever receive anything for playing my music because that's my gift that I give back. Because everyone can't not trying to be brag or but every, everyone can't do I can you know I can literally see music I can see music I know that's my passion but that's also my gift so when they try and pay me then that's when I just completely just shut down mm-hmm. I will never go back because to me it's, it's it's an insult to the almighty yeah because he gave me this gift so now I'm gonna end up 
not really pimp it out, but yeah, it's you know, how can you give away something that's that was given to you freely? Mm-hmm. So anyway, I, I love that. I mean, it's so neat yeah, that I don't you that. want to you know. I mean, yeah. that is it's yeah. some. I know you. You're not bragging. Some people yeah. can't play. I just told you. I cannot play. <laughs> no, you can, you can play is, something. Beth, Beth, I don't know. Beth yeah. is, a, is receiving this information. As, she, as a social psychologist, she gets, Yeah. I just know she gets this stuff because uh, I can look over at her face and go, oh man, she's she's reading this down because like it's not just a small group. It's a, she's thinking about all the different elements. Yeah. And uh, I would, I mean, I'd be interested to hear that. There's something intangible about it too, though. It's like a unit. Yes. You know, when you form a unit and you depend on each other for those very specific things, uh, you just can't, re- you, once again, you just can't replace it. Exactly. Uh, those relationships go, go deeper than yes. um, any, yes. anything that really, I mean, yes. the, the intangible, I always tell my son, Who's going to be five, by the way? Um, I know. In two days. Two days? Yes. Um, yeah, man. Awesome. Five. Awesome. The big milestone. Big five. Yeah, his, <laughs> in less, less than a, or more than a fourth of the way through uh, my parenting uh, portion of his life, which is, well, I guess it could extend. We got to. It's totally going to extend, just the, so you know. Guess, Your parenting will never stop. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, well, my dad, my dad, the, the dad gene of me is always yes. going to be there, you know, but. Uh, maybe the the actual power of being a dad and being able to have that authority, oh, you know, is, that's going to be a lot sooner than that. Then, yeah, yeah there you go, fourteen, thirteen, fourteen, maybe yeah. less. So anyway, just trying to. I always tell him though that the mm-hmm. that music is a is is a mysterious force. Yes, I don't know where it comes from. I don't know why it it moves us in the way that it does. Mm-hmm. I don't know why people tend to latch on to a specific song and play it over and over and over again. Um, and really, but, but at the same time, yeah, I mean, it's, it's amazing. I mean, I, yeah, I, I can, I, I can, I understand why people do it, but the, okay. mis- the mystery is, what is it mm-hmm. about the music itself that life, is life, man? Yeah. And I do, I think, I mean, again, I think it's environment, your experiences, and then the emotion that it, you know, inflicts in you all of a sudden you're, you feel something, um, whether it be excitement or, and what's really crazy is, um, you know, that the highest like played songs are sad songs. And, um, and then the reason, and people are like, why do people want to be sad? Well, it's not necessarily about being sad. It's that we Mm. feel those emotions more intensely than we do our happy emotions. So when we do that, it is very, it's like emotion, you know? So, you know, it makes sense when you look at it that way, but not necessarily looking at it as like, do people really want to be sad all the time? But that's not it. It's just the the emotion that it, you know, fires up inside. So yeah, the, the movie high fidelity kind of nails it down in, uh, the, very very beginning he was sitting there listening he's got these headphones on mm-hmm. and he pulls the headphones off starts talking to the camera he's like you know people don't think about millions and millions of people listening to exactly. songs about heartache depression yes, yes. you know breakups uh, all these different things mm-hmm. and uh he said so he said was i was i sad because i listened to pop music or did i listen to pop music because i was sad mm. and thought, wow that's a that's a great yeah. circular yeah thing to be be thinking about okay so you okay you played music okay. <laughs> and then you became a cop now okay where did that come from that my first my first job was was LA County Sheriff Department 
back in Carson, California. And there was a story behind that stuff. I'm going to keep it on the (laughs) top of the table. There was, I was brand new. I mean, I was probably 20, 21. Just a baby. Yeah. (laughs) And now my son, who is 22, he's in the police academy. Okay. Down south. And and we we have a deal called this called the badge pinning ceremonies where they actually Mm -hmm. pin the badge. So my son... Came out to LAPD and pinned a badge on, you know, on, on me as an LAPD officer. So now when he graduate, I'm going to go and pin a badge oh, on I him. Love that. I already know I'm going to get out. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, back in Carson, California, I never forget, uh, I was assigned to, there was a, a concert called The Grateful Dead. Oh, yeah. The yeah. Grateful Dead. I have some friends who were deadheads. You, you're going to enjoy this story. <laughs> okay. So stand by and stand by. <laughs> anyway, my job, because it was at a Cal State Domingos Hills, which is kind of in the valley. And we had uh, uh, pretty much a portable booking station where we, you know, take people back up top to, you know, first aid, um, anything criminal. We, you know, assess their needs, you know, by with the person. Anyway, my job was to transport the individuals from ground zero, if you would, back up top so we, we can, they can get processed. And let's, let's just say I have never, in my, I, even, even to this day, I am still emotionally scarred from the things I've seen, the things I smelt. I mean, I'm like, oh my God, yeah. I love this profession. This is what I was designed to do. Anybody know anything about the Grateful Dead? Amazing, amazing musicians. Amazing. <laughs> but there's, there's certain things that I think that I wasn't supposed to see. <laughs> At that age, if you can kind of, yes. you know, and that's all we're going to say about that. But, yeah, I knew then this is what I was designed to do. Oh, see, even in the worst, you were still like, yep, this is it. I mean, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so I said, and then we did, and we did that for a little bit of stuff. Then my family owned the liquor store, in, you know, in South it was, it was called Lou's Liquor there in Compton, California. Mm-hmm. And this was way back in the early seventies, early eighties. And never forget, of course, we had, of course, you had the Crips and you had the Bloods. You had mm-hmm. what you call Fruit Town and stuff. And you had at least, so I mean, it was it was it was an awesome time to be alive. Now I'm not too sure, but things have died down some. Mm-hmm. But to be there on the ground floor and seeing, you know, the Crips. The Bloods, the Rolling Sixty, Grape Street, you know, the, the Sea Walk. I mean, now that I look back at now, I mean, that was a time in my life where it, it was, it was, it was like almost like an oxymoron, good and bad at the same time. If you mm-hmm. would, it was amazing. I mean, to, to, to see people from, you know, going from to just, I mean, because it used to take us maybe an hour and a half to get to work just one day because we lived out in Orange County. Okay, which is, you know, on a good day you can make a trip maybe about an hour and fifteen minutes. But if you have no cigar alerts, no accident scuffs, you can you can make. But if there is a cigar alert, a wreck, it's going to take you probably two hours to go probably thirty miles. Mm-hmm. And just, that's just how it's just crazy because yeah. here, what I'm always like, ah, oh, take me fifteen minutes. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> to go yeah. like the furthest place in Emerald. And you know, people either say to Doctor Beth, but it's, it's it's all about how you hit those freeways. Mm-hmm. You've got to know how to get on, how to get off. You know, no winter travel. And think of that, even back then, the all these big corporations, they knew this, so they allowed their employees to, you know, either to start late or end late. So mm-hmm. they was always staggered. So now, you, of course, you're still going to have bumper-to-bumper traffic. But 
Yeah, you just have, have to know how to hit mm-hmm. those freeways, and you'll be fine. And then my traffic, you can't, you know, you can't be, you know, white knuckles, and you know, it's just stay in the pocket. It's just, it's just stay in the pocket. Stay I like pocket. it. Stay in the pocket. Um, I I love the fact that you just said that you. It's not necessarily you loved the situation of the Bloods and the Crips being there, but yeah. you loved the experience. Like yes. the fact that you got to see history, sort of. You know, you got mm-hmm. to see mm-hmm. the differences between people and how people are responding. And I think that's yeah. that's just really a, a great way to look yes. at something instead of being like, oh, it's so bad. It's not, yeah. not everything's bad. No. Even if it's in a bad situation. You know, there's some good stuff that can always come out. Oh, yeah. And I think that... I think that was really, I just thought it was cool that you said oh, that because most people would not be like, yeah. oh, I want to be somewhere where we have Bloods and Crips fighting all the time. But, yeah. And not that you want that to happen, but at the same time, it's a good and a bad situation exactly. because the experience and what you got to, what yeah. you learned. I, mean, I never forget uh, my good friend of mine, I said, while working in a liquor store, which was, you know, right on Elsa Gown and Rose Crunch, which is a heart right by Watts, Nixon Gardens, Jordan Down. And I never forget, there were, there were, there were two gangs I believe it was a front hood, and I, well, this years ago, so I think we're, we're, we're in it clear. But they came out of the liquor store and they were shooting, and my friend that I was working with at the time, I'm not gonna say his name, went out there and he got like shot like seven times. Oh I'm my like, gosh. oh my God. But you, you don't get, you, you really don't get this in the You're just like, okay, well, what just happened? And you process it and you move on. You can't, you, back then, you know, you, you don't get stuck, mm. you assess it. You reassess it, and you move on. Yes. But I mean, it's just—I mean, it's just amazing how life can just change in a matter of a second, man. Yep. It's crazy. But yeah, I mean, that's—but you know, the good and bad, and that's—that's—that's that's, that's what really makes us. Yep. Right. Experiences, and I wouldn't trade nothing for the world, Doctor Beth. I wouldn't trade nothing so, for the world. Yeah, it's, it's just kind neat. of that. Go ahead. M- musical. Once again, that musical. Uh, uh, allegory or metaphor, or, man, I don't know. I think there's music embedded in this, and we can get into that if you want to here in a second. <laughs> man, we can but, talk about that all day. But I was just going to say, you know, when playing and being a drummer, you mm-hmm. know, it's it's the heartbeat of the band. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. uh, as the heartbeat, you know, it can't stop. You've got to move, you know, and, and it's like mm-hmm. any, any piece of uh, any, any stream of water that we ever see or anything else, you know that's a lesson uh, about you know if you're if you're playing music and something stops yes, you know it's yes. like the band can't stop playing even when things are going you mm. know I like your term and uh, I may use it a little more often if sure. you don't mind you in can, some of my can, classes take it in the with pocket it. yeah keep it in the pocket um, stay in the pocket yes yep. it's all about the pocket. it's awesome okay um, I know that so you're in L A yes and you're a cop. I'm sure there is some crazy stories, things that have happened to you as a cop in L.A. Like I said, there are certain things we can talk about <laughs> on air and there are certain things. That, but it's all about the experience and stuff. Yeah. As, as, as me being a younger police officer back then and stuff, you know what I mean? I was always still my training. It's all about having a good training officer, FTO. You mm-hmm. have got to have an, an, a training officer that wants to work, that wants to make a difference. Now you got guys that don't want to take reports. I'm like, well, if you don't like to write, because as police officers, our job is to tell stories. Mm-hmm. And I love stories. I love sto- I, I love to write. So mm-hmm. if you don't like to uh, regurgitate all your information onto a piece of paper in the form of a report, 
you're not it's, it's not for you the thing i mean the thing that's for as the, the crime the civil you know the letter of the law the spirit of the law because there's two two yeah. sets and a lot of times people are like what are you talking about there's a lot a lot there's those terms are not being really used as often mm-hmm. and i think that there should especially on a college campus yeah I mean, because college campus police is not like city policing. Yeah, it's completely different because these are young people, and sometimes these young people, their first impression of law enforcement may be us. So, if you got a police officer that's not really honed in on the term of community policing, it may it, it may not be a good outcome. Mm-hmm. It may it, it may turn them off to law enforcement. That's why I say we have got to. It's all about the approach, Doctor Beth. It's all about the approach how you approach people. Now you can, you, I can go to, I can say yes, ma'am, and no, sir, all day long. But there comes a point where I've got to do my job. Right. But remember, you wanted this. Yep. And this is gonna hurt a little bit. <laughs> You're gonna feel a little pressure. But remember, you wanted this. Mm-hmm. I'm such a like I always talk about like even students always like to relate stuff. But yes. you know, people always say, "Well, you gave me this grade." And I'm like, "Oh, I didn't give it to you. You <laughs> earned it." it. <laughs> and that's kind that's of the a good same. One situation right it's like the only reason i'm here is i'm going i'm protecting and serving and if you're not going to do what you're supposed to do then that's because you didn't you decided yes that's your choice now police officers we we have got to be a little bit more understanding yes you you have got to have patience i mean our job of course we have split second to make any type of decision but you have got to be able to back up assess and reassess Mm -hmm. because i said it's all about the approach aaron i mean it's 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 about the approach you know, never, ever, and my T.O. told me this, this been 40 years ago, never, ever back a person to a corner, whether it be male or female. It doesn't matter. Always, and never to forget, I went, my first case, first call, it was in a place called The Jungle. That's where they filmed uh, 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 Training Days. Oh, okay, yeah. Rooms. I mean, that mm-hmm. stuff, it, it exists. And get this, a side note, when you come into an, a neighborhood in film, the whole neighborhood is affected. Mm-hmm. The good and the bad. But here's another thing that people understand. In the cities, you have really, as a form of respect, Aaron, this is very important, you have to go to the gang members, to the leaders, and say, okay, this is what we're going to be doing. How can we work together? Mm-hmm. The approach. You got that. We talked about the pocket. And we talked about the approach. Mm-hmm. Those are two very important facts, I think, that we as human, as society need to bring back into our lives. Mm. Yep. Uh, went to a call. It was a domestic call of mom and dad. Blah, blah, and, and, and people, it take, they've probably been in this situation probably 15, 20 plus years. As police officers, nowadays you get these young officers, and they've been officers maybe, what, two or three years? Mm-hmm. They have no kids, no, they're just, they haven't even experienced life yet, but they're police officers, which is a good thing. But they don't have the experience. You're going to call me to your house. Now, you've been in this situation for almost 15, 20 plus years. Now, I'm going to have to solve your problems in five months. Or in five minutes, mm-hmm. excuse me. How can I do that? So that, that's the disconnect that I think law enforcement has has uh, has got to has got to do better. We we have now, yeah, we make some good strides, but I think there's always room for growth. Getting back to my call, and I'll make it short. <laughs> my, my call, uh, and my after told me, I said, Maurice, okay, just watch me. And what he what he done? By the way, he was able to talk to both the individuals, his approach, his demeanor. It wasn't condescending. There was kids involved. And here's a, here's a grown man in his own house. So he's like, you never go into a house 
and disrespect people in their own houses. Always allow a person a way out. Mm-hmm. And I took from that. Now the guy went to jail, <laughs> but he's like, "Sir, let me let me let me let me talk to you." He said, "I approach you as a man with respect," which he did. He said, "Sir, I'm, I, I'm never disrespecting your house," which he did. He said, "Now, for the sake of your family and your kids, everyone, I mean, everyone's crying and stuff. Now, I don't want your kids to see me put these handcuffs on you." Remember, this is all about approach, mm-hmm. stay in the pocket, respect of persons. He says, so if you allow me to do my job, let me take you outside. Because policy, it's all about policy and procedures. Mm-hmm. My policy, I've, if I place you into my car, if you're going to jail, I've got to search you and I've got to put these matching bracelets on you. So I don't want your kids, your, your, especially your sons, mm-hmm. to see this. So if you allow me to take you out, then we can go and do our jobs. And I mean, I'm, I've been in pl- I'm law enforcement now over 30 years, and that has still stuck with me. So please allow me to do my job to the best of my ability. And that has stuck with me for most of my, all my life. I mean, yeah. it does. It comes down to the idea of respect. You know, yes. you respect. Yes. If you want someone to respect you, then you be respectful. I mean, that's, and it, it really does make a difference. Right. And 90, I mean, some, I don't know what the actual percentage is. I think that probably depends on what situations uh, you you are in. Yes, sir. Um, most of it is uh, discretionary, though. Yes. I mean, yes. you have a, such a, a great a great uh, flexibility in the, in the the way that you go about making mm-hmm. those decisions and whether or not people actually are going to, uh, going to end up being, you know, put into, uh, you know, into the back of the, the car mm-hmm. and, and driven to jail. Uh, there's, yes. is that, I don't know if that's state to state uh, to some extent, or if that's city to city, it's probably a little bit of everything mm-hmm. uh, as most everything else. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> but also the idea that, uh, you know, because of that, that discretionary be, people that are, are extraordinarily rigid mm-hmm. um, in their mindset and maybe have hardened up to um, the fact that they are dealing with other people mm-hmm. and people are people are people are people, people are people. And we have we've I've mentioned before with Beth and mm-hmm. Beth and Beth that, uh, you know, we're kind of like oceans, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? You just don't ever know what's underneath. That's true. I mean, not it's, we say don't judge a book by its cover. I think that that's not quite enough. I like the idea of oceans because it's kind of endless. Mm-hmm. Three fourths of the Earth's covered in it. Okay. It's true. And it's wet. Yeah. We only <laughs> live. We only live on that portion that we can, and only yes. a portion of that is actually inhabitable. Exactly. And then, I don't know. I'm just saying that that it goes deep at times. Sometimes it's a lot more shallow, and you yes. can see the yes. you can see the bottom. But anyway, that's it's amazing. unknowable. Mm-hmm. is the key. And that kind of goes back to biblical times, by the way. That's uh, an old <laughs> biblical reference there. Yes, it is, is that the water was a place that was just unknown. And yep. therefore, there's it all kinds is. of... There's yes. all kinds of... Right. Yes, ma'am. All kinds of things about the about being on the ocean. When, when, when Jesus walked on the water, mm-hmm. um, that was... Uh, that was not something that people understand today as being, you know, miraculous. But exactly. we looked at it you know, growing up like that, like, oh, yeah, he's walking on the water. That, you know, yeah. that's impossible. That did not, that, that's not one of the laws of physics. Um, however, you know, the older you get and the more you read and the more you think, 
exactly. about about all the things that you've been through, and the, then you think about the way you think, yes. and the metacognition, and yes. all that stuff, and then you realize, wait a minute, um, the water itself is—I mean, walking on it is pretty amazing, but when the water takes on another meaning, and it's he's walking in the unknown, mm-hmm. right? That which is kind of scary. It is scary. In fact, it's in the middle of a storm, right? So. Come on and preach now. Yeah, I'm sorry. I just, <laughs> no, it's good. Man, it's it's just, good. Well, I, I mean, and that's, kind of, that's kind of what happens, though, mm-hmm. right? As you go through all these things and you have all these experiences, mm-hmm. you do, you want to teach and you want to other yes. people to learn from exactly. what you've been through. And I mean, I think that's how I see you. I really do. I see you as a coach, as a mentor. That's just kind of, every time we talk, it's not... Yes, ma'am. There's always something. I just loved how you were like, oh, we've talked about this already. And we talked, you know, and it's like, you know, you're reiterating what we're talking about because that's, I mean, it's like you want your like interactions to be meaningful and you're teaching people. You said something about, about the walking on water stuff. I mean, it's, it's amazing. And like I said, we talked about once again, here we go with my, we talked about, we talked about the approach and your, your your story about the walk and water and stuff about how people perceive certain things, that's the understanding. So the approach, the understanding, and what was it there? What was it there? What was it there? You're in the pocket. Stay in the pocket. Yeah. <laughs> if people would just get an understanding, even the Bible talks about, you know, in all that ways, acknowledge him, but also receive an understanding. Mm-hmm. If we can just get the understanding and that's something that I've been working for. I'm 55 years old now. I'm oh still trying. Just so you know, if you looked at him, you never would have been like, oh, yeah, he's oh, 55. Yeah. I, 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 no. her off, I think he looks way. younger than me. I paid her off, by the way. So she's <laughs> not to say that. But no, Aaron, man, it's, it's all about the understanding. Even my friends back home in California, we always talk and stuff. And they say, hey, Maurice, have you, have you got the understanding? Do you really get the understanding why you're on this side, Dr. Beth? I don't think so. I think that it is a constant. I mean, because everything changes. We don't have a constant. I mean, we talk about this all the time, how every, every, everything Mm. is changing constantly. We have new generations that come in. We have new thinking. We have new policies. We have new. And because Mm. of all this new and changing, it's, we have to continually try to be educated. And that's where this understanding comes. It's never done. Because you can't be, because everybody is different. different. And it would be great if they weren't. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It would be amazing, because then we would. Then we'd be like, oh, yep, I know exactly what to do, because you're just like me. What motivates you motivates me. What You know, and that's just not the way it is. And, I mean, it does change, and so it Mm -hmm. does. It makes it... And this is where we do see, like, you know, the older generations going, oh, back in my day. (laughs) And it's because I understand understand what happened... Yes. before like yes. I get my own experience but now what's happening it's like it's new and mm-hmm. so we're having to learn again uh, not to uh, Homer Simpson exactly yeah. Homer Simpson the yeah. gr- there's a great meme of Homer Simpson doing uh, kind of exactly relaying that information he says uh, that he says a long he says a long time ago I I, I, I knew what it was and he goes and I was with it and he mm. goes he goes now 
I don't know what it is, mm-hmm. and it scares me. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and maybe That's there's amazing. something there. Maybe it is. But at the same oh, time, it's, it's um, amazing. it goes beyond that as well. We uh, jazz as Ooh. a as a musical, yeah. you know, as a musical reference is uh, being able to, you know, being able to have a lot of impromptu. I mm-hmm. mean, you kind of know, you know, a lot about mm-hmm. the people you're playing with and mm-hmm. about the people that you're, you know, the the different scales and all the different yes. types of instruments and what goes in where and when people are going to have solos and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But the length of all that stuff is different. Mm-hmm. And so I hope that our listeners are able to, to follow along <laughs> with some of these examples because yeah. they're all musical in, uh, in nature. Um, but uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big one. But at the same time, mm-hmm. if you want to apply that to like a football team, they know Yes. They know yes. when the play is right for somebody else. Exactly. A good quarterback knows mm-hmm. when somebody's open, when to hit them, and when not exactly. to. Exactly. And a good linebacker knows when it's time to, to, to rush. Exactly. And that split-second decision mm-hmm. of, of being able to do it, well, it matters as to whether or not they're going to get yelled at afterwards. Right. Right? Or whether or not they're going to be hailed afterwards as being, like, the hero of the mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... But that's, yeah, that's, you just, that's life, right? That's life. I mean, there's so many situations where somebody does have a split, you know, decision Mm -hmm. and it's like, oh, that was bad. Mm -hmm. And it can be, you know, and to a point where it is, you know, cost someone's life. But then on the other hand, they could make that decision and then save multiple lives, you know, and it's like, oh, what do we do? And I think it comes down to experience. Like you just have to the environment you have to your approach your yes. <laughs> you know you have to come at it and like in that situation because you only know what you know right right exactly and unlike unlike something like that there's not just a performer and an audience there's multiple yes. i mean it's not just like one side of the mm-hmm. field or another and i mean in the, it's not you're on stage and then you know people are closer and maybe want to have uh the vip whatever mm-hmm. backstage pass thing um, but I mean, it's, it's a lot more complex than that in, of course. in society. So here's, I've got a question for you. Yes. All right. So as a lover of music and as somebody that grew up in, uh, the Los Angeles area mm-hmm. and Compton specifically, you said that your, uh, your folks ran, had a, had a liquor store, liquor store mm-hmm. there. Um, uh, I'm curious to know how you related to the music, uh, in the, in, you said it was in the late seventies, early eighties. So as we move forward into the 80s and we start getting the, like, the, I guess the rise of hip hop and, uh, yeah. you know, NWA, those, yeah, we N- talked, didn't we have a, <laughs> we yeah. did a podcast where we talked on about NWA. NWA. We yeah. Did. And I even I talked about this song. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Could you, are you ready to beep stuff out? Like, oh, oh no. my dog. Yeah, your daughter's going to say you guys. Maybe not. Uh, not that she probably hasn't heard it. That's true. But yeah. I'm sorry. Right, Adrena? That's true. I don't know. She's yeah. Ready, yeah. <laughs> but you know, and, and, and that's amazing. It's like my son and my son, he's an old, he's an old soul. He's like his dad. And even now there's certain music that comes on and stuff and he knows, okay, well, that's not the original song. And some of his yeah. friends, his own age, they'd be like, what are you talking about? My son's like, no, nah, that's not the original song. Music to me, I mean, it's, it's a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. It's, 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 it's who I am. You talked earlier, Dr. Beth, about, you know, being sad, you know, putting on this, putting on this, you're trying to put on this. I mean, yeah, but to me, as, 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 as a musician, I can play a riff. I can, I can, I can, get, I can stand into a pocket Iron Man for hours 
my friends now we see each other maybe once twice a year maybe mm-hmm. once we come together they already know okay mo maurice he's gonna get on drums he's gonna get on bass he's gonna get on lead i mean that's understood there's maybe what's up man how you been i'm good how you doing everything good hey, I'm, hey let's do it yeah that's all communication that it is i mean we go on we play for hours just on hey what's up man yeah because is we know our place we know how to stay in the pocket music is it's really self-expression but to me it's a lot more because if i don't have music and i don't need i don't need a whole drum set i don't need cymbals i don't need you know machines you know i can have i can i can have a certain type of feeling like i have right now and it's just music everything in my life revolves around music mm-hmm. everything revolves around music there's a good time there's a bad time it's a good time to play to play this this riff and gonna play play that riff but to me everything in my life is music these kids these days they have no idea all this now you, you talk to ask your question change Mm-hmm. You talk about it, people always changing. Does it make it good or does it make it bad? Right. Is it music or is it not? Is it rock music or is it not? How do you express yourself? If you're playing, if you're playing, you know, in a drum line or you're playing, you know, in the brass, woodwind section, is that music? Only thing I know is that now we all know that, of course, there are certain music is a spirit. Mm-hmm. You know I mean, because if you if you trace it back in time, okay, way back into when 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 one of the angels, himself was 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 you know, music. He was, he was an angel, and because of his uniqueness, for lack of a better word, he wanted to rise above above the Creator. And of course, we all know there's no one below, uh, above, beneath, or below. So, music, a third of that generation fell, and with that. Everything else trans, transcends, transpired down. Music, I've seen music do a lot of good, and I've seen the music do a lot of, a lot of harm. Mm-hmm. So it all depends on the individual, and there's, like I said before, music is a spirit, Dr. Beth. So it all depends on your spirit. You talk about, you know, getting together as men, as people, and, and, and binding, having some type of a common denominator in, in itself to combine us. So, yes, we have got to be on the same level. I can't be... I can't play now as a drum. I, I can play, you know, Patsy Cline and Tupac. <laughs> Same beat, different timing. Yeah, you know, so we can we can relate that. But in order for it to be effective, we have got to be able to embrace, intertwine, and be on the same level. This day and age, this music, I mean, it's it's amazing. Now, of course, you, like your, your panel, I don't sing. I can't even carry a tune in my pocket, but that's okay. I can't either. That's not my place, Doctor Beth. <laughs> no, believe me, that's neither. not my place. But I said that to say that you can you can have someone that like me that can't even carry a note as far as vocal wise and make a complete album. Mm-hmm. So I think that I, I, do I think it's a bad? I don't know. What do you think? Do you think it's a bad thing to because there's the the spirit is not there, you know. You know when you, you got you a good hit. Mm-hmm. You know when you got you a good tune. I mean, because, oh, yeah, you know. You know when you stay in a pocket and, er- and everybody's vibing. Yeah. You know that. As a drummer, you know, you musician, you know that. When, oh, yeah, okay, you know what, we're going to sp- keep it right here. Keep it right here. And it, that's, you know, it's always disappointing when you go to a live show. 
Mm. Um, after, a, you know, you go and you're like, oh, I love this. And you go see a live show and you're like, oh, they're not very good. But when you go and you listen and you're like, oh, yeah, they're just as good live as they are on their, you know, on the radio or mm. on there. So that's, you know, th- I think that's kind of the same th- kind of thing is like when, yes. when it's, I don't know, when it's instrumentally, I don't know, yes. something makes it, it's not as good, B. but B. if they can do it. Yes. I seen, I saw BB King a while back and stuff. He was, he was kind of up in Asia and stuff. And in, in, in his earlier days, of course he was all, you know, all those states, but to see him in a chair, I mean, it was look past the individual. You've got to connect. Mm-hmm. And we connect. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> right. He haven't lost nothing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, no. I'm, I'm in the same boat there. I saw B.B. King uh, in the early 2000s. Oh, Lucille yeah. sitting there on top of his lap while he's yeah. sitting down. And he yeah. said this. I, I'll never forget the way he said it. The way he said that, you know, the, just like you're, you were talking about earlier, the way we say things yes. means yes. just as much as what we say. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> and so wow. he said, he said, this next song was, is special to, to me and mine. I hope it can be special to me and yours. Wow. <laughs> or to you and yours. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. And, uh, and he was talking about Lucille, though. He wasn't talking about, <laughs> he wasn't talking about anybody in his life. He was mm-hmm. talking about his guitar. Mm-hmm. And anyway, I, I, his, his guitar was a natural extension of him. Now I, I say that because people uh, in all walks of life, you know, I, I hear people in the Navy SEALs, um, mm-hmm. that come out and say, my gun is an extension yeah, of man. who I am. Yeah. They are connecting with their mm-hmm. firearm yes. in a way that people just maybe don't understand how how the level of commitment that they that they're putting everything that yes. they have into yes. that mm-hmm. and that's their the way that they connect that's with. how i feel about my kids you know Aww. it's like they're i know it's dorky but they are um <laughs> they are they're very much who i am and mm-hmm. i just i mean that's what i do that's that is my priority that's your and when i finally did that God, everything made it much easier yeah. and so you've been talking about your kids every yes. once in a while. And so babies. do you mind telling us a little bit about your babies? Well, of course. My youngest is 22. He's he's in South, he's down South right now in, in one of the police academies. And he's halfway there now. Is this the one that I know? That's the one you know, yeah. <laughs> okay, I, yes. we, he, is, he is so much fun. He is such My a son. good kid. Yes. He was... Um, he refs some of the different, yes. mm-hmm. um, so, so he was refing a basketball game and I was coaching, assistant coaching. And I, I got all over him just so you know, <laughs> because I mean, they Good, were young, mm-hmm. they were young, but man, the other team, they would just rebound the ball and run down the court and then shoot it. Not dribble, run. And I was yeah. like, that's it. Yeah, that's enough. And I said, you hate, and he was like, well, and I said, it's fine. I understand a couple of steps. And I ripped into him. <laughs> and you know what? He did not even, did yeah. get mad. He is approached, exactly. Like, <laughs> as soon as I saw, Aww. I was like, oh my gosh, you are your dad. <laughs> Y'all that's are the boy. same. And yeah. I mean, he was, he's fantastic. And then I saw him on campus and he was like, and I was like, how are you? You know, we talked. There's that crazy lady. Yes, pretty much. But yes. Okay. Sorry. Youngest. Go on. He's a great kid, by the way. Well, thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. And and like I said, one of my biggest, one of my biggest loves, the reason really why I think that I was here is because of my, like your mom, because that's, that's, that's a a version of you, of you, Mm -hmm. your daughter. 
And my first priority, like I said, you know, of course, is to be an example for my kids. I have a son. You know what I mean? It's like, not to uh, get away from you, of course, I'm going to get back to it, but real, real, real short story. I never forget my son wanted to be a part of this organization. I'm not going to mention the name. But uh, I'm like, if someone's going to teach my son how to, mm-hmm. it should be his dad. Because there are certain memories that are between a father and a son. And you listen at this because you're a father. Your son is what, five? I'm mm-hmm. five. There are certain deals that we as men, we must be our son's first teacher. No one's going to teach my son how to do, and you fill in the blank. And so I was able to get this going, get that going and stuff, because I saw some of the examples. And sometimes you're not both, and we're all grown. Mm-hmm. If it doesn't look right, it's, it's not right. If it doesn't feel right, it's not right. Not not that I'm I'm all spiritual, all knowing because I'm <laughs> not. But if I'm like you know something, uh, and even the Bible says, "Don't let your good be even spoken of." Yeah. So if something's not right, Aaron, I'm not good. I can't be a part of that because I just you know I just you know it's just don't, like when you go into a house and you and you got to search a house because you got to call that you know someone's in the house stuff and they may they may, they may still be there. You don't go okay. Well, you know what inside the house? No, you go and you go and stealth. Right. Because you never know what's coming around that corner. You, you, you may have to engage. Mm-hmm. But anyway, yeah, I, my, my, my core, my, my whole being is for my kids to a certain point because I've got, like, you have got to be the example of a mother mm-hmm. and a wife, you know, a, 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 a professional, mm-hmm. educator. So, yeah, as a father, I, 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 it's, it's, not even, it's not even a choice. Right. It's about the understanding. We talked about earlier, it's about mm-hmm. understanding. So yeah, I'm my first, I'm my kid's first teacher. You know, if, if I'm gonna teach my kids how to swim, how to do that, I mean, that's that's it come for me. And imagine this, imagine if we as human beings, you know, not in Russia, God bless you, not in, but here in America, imagine if we as Americans, we as people, would have that same type of feeling towards each other. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do you, Aaron, like I want you to do me. I'm going to treat your kids, Dr. Beth. I'm going to treat your daughter like I want you to treat my daughter as an instructor. Right. What happened to that? Like, I thought that was always what you were supposed to do. Treat people the way you want to be treated. And people spend millions of dollars trying, okay, let's have this. Let's have this program. Let's have this team. Let's have this. Let's have that. But it is so simple. It should be. It is so simple, It seems like it. I know. Okay. But anyway, okay. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> so my son, yes, he's he's my baby boy and stuff, and he's that's my that's my many mean stuff, and I love him dearly. But there are certain things in life that he's got to find out for himself. Like in the academy, he was like, uh, that, now certain things I can tell him how to step, how to move, you know, how to put this gear on, how to charge, how to change, how to polish his boots the old school way. Go see, I'm old school. I don't I don't believe in spray cans. I like the old wax and the cotton balls and the, the kiwi and the little water, the spit shine. And these days, these young guys, they have polishing a can, and you spray it, and then you go outside, and it's like, like it's spilling something. Ah, son, this is how you do it. And even that, even I talked to him last night. He was like, yeah, Pops, man, uh, these, they was asking me, how, how did you do your boots? I said, well, did you show him? He said, yeah. I said, well, good for you. Yeah. Anyway, my son and my baby girl, and I never forget when she was born, I was working midnights, and uh, I never let her, I, I, would all, I, I never let her even walk. I had a pillow I put on my lap, and she that's, that's what she slept at on my lap, yeah. So. <laughs> and plus, she was my baby girl. Ba- million, well, you know, of course, your mom, your dad. Medium, medium. Middle side, middle kids. It's, it's, it's a difference. Yes. It's a difference. Now, my oldest daughter, my oldest girl, my firstborn, 
that. That's 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 my ride or die. Yeah. You know, and I'm I'm building a house now, and my first house. Well, this house is going to go to her. Then my second daughter has to go to him. Then my son, once he comes out, then I'll probably buy one for him because as a parent, I also got to take care of my babies mm-hmm. because they didn't have, they didn't have to be born. So as a parent, you know, my job is to, because right now they don't understand about, you know, long-term pay, you know, residual income. They don't understand, but they're not, not supposed to. Right. My son, son, go out there and have fun. Make your mistakes, but there are certain mistakes that you can't afford to make. Mm-hmm. Now, I can show you, I can, I can teach you how to be a good police officer, but I, I can show you how to be a better person. So baby boy, middle daughter, and my oldest and they all, thank God, have came through Amal College. My second, well, my firstborn, she's trying to get in law school. My middle girl, she's trying to get into WT, which she will. And I and I say that I can't take none of the credit because I'm <laughs> I'm old school. Uh, their mom, I mean, she, she even she's amazing, which is my ex. But you know, sometimes you, well, all the time, you have got to just tell the truth. Mm-hmm. So. I can't take all the credit because a lot of the credit goes to my ex because she is not only she she's very smart, very smart stuff. So yeah, she's she's also done a great job. Mm-hmm. I think we could visit. Uh, we could visit for another hour and a half. <laughs> yeah, we could. Uh, we try to keep our episodes to about an hour. Sure. sure. Yeah, um, we have like three minutes. I was like, oh wow, I can't believe it, it that either. Fast. But. Um, uh, sir, thank you so much for coming on. No, Will you please come back? Yeah, you know what? This is my first time doing this stuff. And something about, you know, talking with good people. You know, I, of course, I've seen you in the past, and we worked on a lot of things before and stuff. And, of course, I when you work with you. Yeah. But <laughs> it I, is amazing. But, no, thank you for allowing me to be here. I, I take nothing lightly. Everything happens for a reason. Hi. So thank you all for having me here. I hope I didn't talk too fast or... You know, say something that I wasn't supposed to say. If I did, you know, audience, forgive me. I'm I'm not perfect. I'm still trying, and I'm still trying to get the understanding. Oh, always. Right. Oh, I don't. If you, if I have to apologize for stuff, saying things, I probably should apologize every show because <laughs> right. I say some stuff, and I'm like, whoa. Hey, so we all we all have we'll probably all kind of step over and kind of even sure. rub up against. Man, I just I just hope that people people are just as work to be as forgiving yes sir you know of yes. of me as i try to work to be as forgiving of them exactly and um anyway um well thank you so much yeah. uh, i think that yes, kind of concludes yes, our episode for today amazing uh we had a really good time visiting with you we'll uh, definitely have to schedule another time please yeah. I would love and that. uh yeah so here we go into summer I right know. let's do so, it let's do right. it let's yes. do it all right open eyes full right. hearts okay thank you thank you all everybody so thank much you. all right bye. see you next time bye see ya <laughs>